and late hack everybody welcome to the united states department of nerds where we are for the people by the people and of the people here at usdn we strive to bring you the best pop content that we can find and where you know it comes with the usdn seal of approval we will always strive to give you the factual data and if it's a rumor we'll give you that alert of rumor mill a rumor alert however once those rumors are proven true you can bet we're going to stamp it with the seal of approval. Yes, yes, y'all. All right. It's that time of the night where traditions cannot be broken. And it's time for shots. What you sipping on? Hey, got a little drink from the local Bucky's. Mm-hmm. And a little bit of razzmatazz inside. Got that Taco Bell Mountain Dew. <laughs> and tonight's shot goes out to two lonely, lonely men. Stranded out in the outskirts of the galaxy, far, far away. A Grand Admiral Thrawn and the Ezra Bridger. Here, here, gentlemen, to late nights and who knows. (laughs) (laughs) So on this very special edition of USDN, on the Patreon side of the house, we're going to be breaking down Ahsoka episode six where we actually finally get to see the grand admiral in all his fantastic glory and dude mickelson man nailed this character he did he did uh you know of course he voiced him in um you know rebels rebels and uh whatnot but he nailed uh the cadence of his speech, everything the walk, this, that very walk. deliberate, everything he does. Yes. So I will caveat that we're going to present a lot of information tonight. What? what? This, and this is mine and Rob's opinions. And just like assholes, everybody's got their own opinion. So you can go out and listen to uh, every podcast you want to listen to and come back and tell us what you think. Derive yeah. your own thoughts and ideas on what Dave Filoni is uh, presenting to us. And honestly, I think we're going to give you the best take. But that's just my opinion. And (laughs) opinions are like assholes. I second that opinion. There we go. So we're probably going to go about eh, roughly two hours, maybe two and a half, depending on how we're fucking rolling here. 
because you know how we do. We get to rolling, and we roll. Right. So, Rob, in this episode, we finally got to see not only Grand Admiral Thrawn, we got to see Ezra, and we got to see the Night Sisters, and we met Captain Enoch for the first time. Yes. So let's let's go over this real quick. So we got I think it's Lars Mickelson. Yep. Playing the Grand Admiral. His brother Mads. Mads was is also in um, was a member of the Star Wars universe going back to Rogue One. Yep. Which if you haven't seen Rogue One, a lot of people give it shit, but that movie is fantastic. I'm gonna say it. It's one of the best that's out there, and all of the the movies is one of the best. And I'm telling you right now, if Rob is saying it, it's you take that as truth. Yeah, it's up there. It's up there. Then we get Iman as Fondi playing Ezra Bridger, and at first I was a little disappointed until the light caught his eyes. And I seen the contest that he is wearing, and I was like, "Okay, now I can accept this guy as being Ezra, because Ezra had those bluish, the yeah, purple tinted eyes, those off-colored eyes." Yeah. Then we got a Gerald Prescott playing Actropaw. We got Claudia Black playing Glothaw, and Jane Edwin Seymour playing Lexis. And Wes Chatham playing Captain Enoch, which if two of those names sound very familiar, that's because I think it's um, Claudia Black yep. and Wes Chatham are sci-fi royalty. They go give back. Them, give them a Google search and go watch some of their other works, and I promise you, you'll be very, very entertained for hours. <laughs> so... As we all know, USDN, we're all about entertaining and educating. Welcome to the educational portion of this show. And today I I want to go into something from Rebels. I mentioned, I hinted to last week. Oh, here we go. The entity is a sensitive entity that represents the center of the force. The Bindu. Oh, Lord have mercy. I, that's exactly a, who I thought you were talking about last week. And, yeah, and I told you don't say it because I wanted it to be a surprise. <laughs> Which, if you did figure it out out there watching, cool, good on you. Pat yourself on the back. Pat yourself on the back. All right. So the Bindu was a entity that lived on the remote planet of Atolan. I think is how we're pronouncing that. And he, he claimed to represent the center of the force between the light and the dark side. He was resting peacefully on the planet of, of Tolan, which is where, let's just get this straight, Tolan was integral in the rebels' fight against the Empire. Yes. Uh, they had a secret base there, and eventually a battle took place there. The Bindu 
while resting peacefully, he has the ability to, I guess, soak in knowledge of the Force and other Force users. Because he is very well knowledged when you watch Rebels on... Who people are. Who people are. Yeah, he knows them. Which yeah. tells you that he has a way to sense them and to learn from them. So, although he never chose to interfere in the ways and teachings of the Jedi or the Sith, but he still chose to aid Force sensitives in both training them to overcome their fears and eternal conflict through personal trials. And that goes both ways for both Sith yep. and Jedi because he never picked a side. He was straight he neutral care. between. He didn't care. It was the willingness to learn from him and to overcome your own fears. So, the Bindu, he was wise, enigmatic, and a big old SOB. He resembled a buffalo with a giant rocky monolith with two eyes, flat nose, a big beard, much like my own. And he could control nature and sense the presence of other force wielders from a distance. Mm -hmm. it's, it's the Bindu who actually helped Kanan Jarrus after he lost his sight to be able to use his other senses with the force to still be able to be what well, turned into a great Jedi. Yeah, he took pity on him. Work with me here, Rob. I'm trying. I'm selling to the people. <laughs> so so the Bindu could disappear reappear at will mm -hmm. he could create powerful storms by, by, by manipulating nature and he also had the ability of foresight and it was him who predicted the Grand Admiral's defeat and also how it would happen which is kind of cool of my, my opinion that he was he he flat out told him he's like you're gonna you know lose this battle and this is how you're gonna do it not in so many words like hey you're gonna get sucked into the fucking a galaxy fucking far <laughs> far far away by a fucking giant squid octopus or a giant well octopus or whatever the hell we want to call him the purgle but he said it would be wrapped in the arms yep so I mean he he called it. And then, like, the Grand Admiral laughed at him and tried to kill him. And he just, like, boop. I'm disappeared. He laughed and disappeared. I mean, it's it like, was a great oh, no. episode. He pulled a Rob just now. <laughs> so that's where, and, and that's why I wanted to bring the Bindu and talk about the Bindu is because he, he is one of the big reasons why we're at where we're at within Ahsoka right now. So, Another thing with the Bindu, and I, I've had this argument with plenty of people online, you know, that people will say, well, the Bindu is a gray. No, he's not a gray. He represents the center. The Bindu doesn't really represent the center. What the Bindu represents is, it's a, it's a, in the legends, it was a um, train of thought or a school of theory that some Jedi and Sith and other Force users had about the force that the force is neither light nor dark 
it encompasses everything. And that is what the Bindu, what he, what, you know, that was his whole stick. He was like, he I embodied care. that right there is that he's like, I don't care who you are exactly. or what you are, but if you have a fear and you want to conquer your fears or your trials mm-hmm. and tribulations, I can show you the way, but the way will not be easy. No. Yes. I mean, he took Kanan and Ezra both through the fucking ringer for like two episodes yeah. in Rebels. So, I mean, he, he, he you're going to learn. <laughs> you ain't going to like the learning. You're going to learn today. <laughs> so, with that, though, let's just hop right in to episode six titled Far, Far That's Away. And it, this is like a, a dual meaning, however you want to look at it. I, I do love that we start out with, you know, it's Ahsoka and Hu Yang in their in the fulcrum in a fucking King Purgle. Excuse me. Taco Bell's catching up, man. <laughs> I probably should have chewed it before I ate it. I smell you over here. But um <clears throat> where was I? Oh yeah. So you know, they're they're conversing or whatever and He's like, you know, and she's like, yeah, no, I really want to pass on that story. And then they're going back and forth some more. And she's like, you know what? Yeah, I think I want to hear that story. He starts off in a galaxy far, far away. Yeah. And oh, by the way, they're going to a galaxy far, 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 away. far away. <laughs> so it, it, you, get, you get that double meaning there. And I really like that this was called far, far away because it made a lot of sense. Yeah. So. That was Let's, very well, nicely done. So in this episode, the search for the Grand Admiral reaches beyond the limits of the galaxy. That that was basically the summation of this episode. Um, yeah, but let's jump right on in, man. So, and like I was just discussing, Ahsoka and Hu Yang share a nostalgic moment as they listen to an old story featuring the iconic a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And that's kind of like Dave Filoni embracing the fans and their love for Star Wars lore. Because everything from the beginning in a galaxy far, far away. The first line in Star Wars was that on the ticker crawl. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's it's the first line uh, after the title of the, the, the movie and all that stuff. So he's he's latching all to that and expertly I mean, I, that one right there. When he, when Hugh, Hugh Yang said that, I said, "We're ah. talking twenty-five thousand years of knowledge in that one yeah. droid." Yeah, twenty-five thousand years old, I think. Yeah, give or take. Yeah. So, also, I want to point out that integral inter galactic hyperspace travel that is a mouthful i dare you to say it three times <laughs> they give it a, a more unique visual representation in this episode with the colorful streets and the curving lines that replace the traditional white stars on the black backdrop expanded the visual canon of star wars right. i don't remember if they did it when the eye of Zion was flying through I don't really remember seeing the bright lights coming at you. It looked just like the normal 
backdrop, I think. Yeah, they just jump. Yeah, but for the Purgles, I don't know if it's a different method because they use, you know, the gas that they eat and consume yeah. to, to travel. If that's why we got the different rep- representation or what. But I thought it was cool as shit that they kind of put a new spin on it for that one sequence with the Purgles. So, if that's how we're rolling, hey, I'm down for it because I thought that was pretty fucking cool. <laughs> it was it literally cool. looked like somebody was just holding the paintbrush and traveling along in front of the wells, and I thought that was cool as shit. Oh, yeah. So, the extra galactic planet, Peridia, not only confirms the survival of Grand Admiral Thrawn and Ezra, but it also reveals the presence of the Night Sisters and a mysterious force on the planet setting the stage for something we're going to discuss a little later. So okay. that was that's so, kind of like our three-sentence summation of kind of like what we're going to dive into a little bit more. So we we also see uh, I, when people say the Night Sisters they, you know, it's three of them, and they're the elders. Yes, it's not just, it's not a, it's not um, Dathomir. We're not For talking right, about well, like there's some. Remember, in canon right now, canon right now, not counting these three that we just found, there might be three to four. Yep, three Night that sisters, we definitely know about. Night Sisters still alive. Yes. It, let me not say Night Sisters. It's Witches of Dathomir. Yes. Because the whole planet the, is the Witches. Sisters was one tribe. Yes. Of like, I think, like 10 of, of the Witches of Dathomir, right? Mm-hmm. And they're the ones that pretty much were the only ones who embodied the dark side of the Force. The they, dark side magic, yes. Correct. So when, the, when we're talking about these three, it's three elders of the Night Sisters that are there on the planet, and we don't know whether or not there's more or less or any of that stuff. Correct. That's all we've seen. And as far as I knew, up until this point, there was only, and I think we discussed this on one of the earlier episodes, that there was maybe only three or four known in existence. Yeah. And one of those, I think, is a Sith. And I don't, is Asajj still alive at this point? I can't remember. Uh, I, I don't think Asajj is alive right now. Okay, I couldn't remember because I, if I feel like she she passed or she died in one of the earlier episodes uh, toward the ends of the Clone Wars. Yeah, it, supposedly. Supposedly, nobody ever really stayed. But Dave Filoni, we will never know who's going to stay dead or not. It, exactly. Exactly. So, one of my. Like so, we started this with uh, so Hu Yang and and Ahsoka having this conversation, and she she goes, "Oh, I used to enjoy your teachings." And he's like, "Ah, history of the galaxy, parts one, two, and three. And Ahsoka's like, "Yeah," with the first part being the best, and we don't know if that's a nod to the trilogies. That everybody's like, so. oh, the original trilogies are the best, or is that a nod to um, history of the world? 
I think it's a nod to the uh, trilogies. And that's what I was thinking, too. That makes more sense because everybody knows History of the World was really good. The recently released History of the World Part 2, no offense, but it, it just wasn't good. Like, but I couldn't they, even watch it. They couldn't do everything that they could do in the first one and get away with it. No, they, you're absolutely you right. Know, it's, times have changed for that type of humor. Uh, it, there's still a market for it, but on average, they weren't going to go out the way that they did. In I the mean, first. you're literally going to get guys like me and you watching it going, yeah! <laughs> I mean, that's basically what we're going to get if if that, if that they produce a movie like they did then today. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So and we've already hit this nest bullet of the galaxy far, far away. Very iconic. And I'm so happy that it gets it's been getting like almost every episode up until this point has gotten a galaxy far, far away reference to some degree. Yep. And I ain't mad at it. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. All right. I'm skipping the nuts one too, because we've already talked about the rainbow streets and the purgle travel. Right. Who in, Oh my God. Um, so up next we see Peridia is essentially a purgle graveyard. As they're coming into it, you see all the bones floating around the planet, basically in the rings. In the rings, the rings yes. Are the bones and the of, skeletons of hurdles. Yes. And that that's kind of cool that this is kind of like it may be why the Purgles know this area so well, because that's where they bring their sick or wounded or elderly. It's, it's to, actually stated in uh, some of the Purgle lore that that is where the Purgles, the Perdia, they go there to die. Yeah, so that, I mean... That is, their, their, that is their whole mission and reason for going there. And of course they're accompanied and then the others come back. Yes. So I mean, it's kind of cool that we kind of see that and uh, also, we find out that this is a kind of a home to the Night Sisters of Dathomir in in Ahsoka. But that can be argued fifty ways from Sunday, but that's what it says. And I know it's not canon. I know it's not truth data. We don't know why these three Night Sisters are here, but it's what Ahsoka has given us to go with. They and Rob, actually... you can look at me like that all you want, all day. <laughs> I can only present the data that is presented to us. Once again, we have Felonius at his best of taking what has been established before and saying, eh, "Fuck it, I I don't want it. I want I want to do something else. It doesn't matter whether it's established or not. I, I'm going to go ahead and say it, Feloni." At Felonius at this point is worse than what they were doing in Legends, the EU, when they were talking about the muddied timelines and how stuff doesn't fit in yeah. clashes. Felonius has actually done that with this whole Night Sisters coming from Perdia, because that's what the Night Sisters have said. That, you know, this was our home planet, and we they moved from there. Yes. So then we get to the question of why are these three particular ones there? 
Yes. I don't know if we're going to get that answer. It'd be nice if we did, you know, but I, I don't think we're going to. Nah. It, so, okay, no, go, go ahead. ahead. Go no, no, go no. Ahead. I'm going to the next bullet, but go ahead. I, I was going to, uh, we're going to get to it um, in, in just a second. So I'm, I'm, I'm pulling back on the reins. And if we don't, I'll jump. Okay. So next up, you know, there, we've landed on Peridia. And Balin basically confirms that Peridia was once the Great Witch Kingdom of Dasmiri. Words out of Balin's mouth. Yeah. So, I mean, what the fuck's going on with that? I will never know. Only Dave Filoni knows. Hopefully Dave will come out one day and give us an explanation of this, as he does sometimes. Maybe he'll sit down in an interview, and the interviewer will go, hey, dude. The fuck? Peridia? I need to interview Dave Filoni. I, I, I desperately want to know <laughs> what the fuck was he thinking, Disney thinking, whoever was thinking for completely changing the Star Wars universe when it comes to Dathomir and the Night Sisters. Kathleen Kennedy said, you know what would be a good idea, Dave? Let's have this. And Dave goes, okay. And looks over at John Favreau and John goes, I ain't in it. Yeah, she writes the fucking chat, so whatever she says goes, I guess. Yeah. So my next big talking point and we can actually go ahead right here and jump into the theories and thoughts on this and not save it to the very end so Balin says a powerful underlying force remains present in Peridia and it is calling to him and it is a greater power than the Night Sisters possess and that's why they want to get the fuck out of there I personally, I'm not too familiar with Legends in EU to answer that question wisely. Although I have done my reading and I have read the theories from other fans and other purists or whatever you want to call them out there. But Gibbs, you are my expert and my Jedi Master to my Padwanese at this point. <laughs> yes, I'm making up words as we fucking go. <laughs> what is your thoughts and ideas on this? What power could he be talking about? I actually have no idea. Um, and no I fucking would, help at all. <laughs> not on this one. Not with Felonius uh, driving this. I have no idea which way he's going to go with this. I, I know I, I too have seen some of the uh, the, the 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 theories that are out there. Um, so let, let's explore the two biggest. The two biggest, okay. We let's have. We'll start with uh, what's it called? The Jeffo. Zeffo. Zeffo. Yeah, Thank Jeffo. you. Let's start with that, and the reason why people think it's something to do with uh, the Zeffo. This scene where they walk out and overlook Peridia while waiting for the Chimera to arrive. Well, actually, no, the Chimera has already arrived. 
they're watching uh, uh, which we call it Sabine right out, and um, the scene looks just like something out of one of the older Star Wars games with Cal Kestis. So that is kind of and it look and it's identical. Like you could pull right. the pictures up side by side, and they are identical. That the way the temple looks, everything about it is identical to the video game. So this theory in that regards could make sense. Even though it's that galaxy far, far away is not outside in the outer reaches of the solar system and doesn't require the IS Scion to get there. No. The Zeph the Zeph was from the uh the unknown regions, just like the Chiz and some of the other places, uh species that are out there roaming around in the vastness of that northwest corner of the Star Wars galaxy. Um, the yes, it's it's been shown that those sigils and the the writing on that wall that they're that's behind them in that scene is they're they're Zepho, they're Zephs, right? So they it goes hand in hand. But then again, you this is my thing. Is he trying to connect the the Zeph, the Zephos with the Night Sisters? Because if that's their base of operations, and that's there, then there's I I I'm pulling up straws. I'm coming up empty, you know. Yeah. With that whole theory, it's it's maybe the Night Sisters and them. You know, more people came from that other galaxy, is what they're saying. Yeah, and the Night Sisters won there, and the Zeph left, and that's when they, you know, that's when they went to go find them and follow them and land yeah. on Dathomir or any of that stuff. I, I, I don't know. Um, so let's look at option number two. That seems to be the second more talked about of the theories here. And that's Abilith, the mother. And to get a little back history on that, in the Clone Wars, there's an episode where Obi-Wan, Anakin, and Ahsoka get... I guess they get sucked into this weird planet that's just kind of out in the solar system. It's not on any map, it's just, just there. As they entered, it's like this beautiful oasis, and we meet the father, the son, and the daughter. And as you, we meet them, they speak of somebody called, they refer to as the mother. Mm-hmm. Now, the mother was not immortal like the father, the son, and the daughter. But she discovered there was a... A river, I think it was. Yep. Underneath a mountain, or at the base of a mountain, rather, I should say. And she drinks from it to gain power to make herself immortal. So she can basically be like the father, the daughter, and the son. However, drinking from this river, side effects was it drove her crazy with power. And she basically became this overpowered entity of herself. Yeah. So they locked her away in the mountain or under the mountain, however. Under the mountain. 
they call it. So that is the second go in theory right now as to what is calling, what this other power is calling to Balin. But he seems to be the only one that can feel it, sense it, hear it, whatever you want Which to call means it. That it's it's totally calling directly to him. Yes. For whatever reason, we don't know. Um, when when you talk about the the sheer size of because the, the Night Sisters want to get away, right? They, they want to go. There's something there that yeah. seems to visibly or visibly bother them to be there. Correct. So what we also do know is, in terms of power, the Night Sisters that we've seen have been powerful. But Sidious has been powerful, more powerful. And there's been a few others that are more powerful than them. So Correct. this power could be a Sith uh, source of a Sith temple for font of power that they don't want to deal with. That some Sith ghost or force ghost or some shit that is there and they're they're trying not to deal with it. They want to go. It can so, be. I just thought of this. Go ahead. So, who's the big baddie in the new trilogy? Snoke. It's not Snoke. We both know it's not Snoke. What well, the big bad is uh, Sidious. Exactly. Ahsoka takes place before the trilogy. So is, could this be Sidious, Sidious fucking with Balin to try to have him do something while he's there? I, I don't know. Because he's also got a force connection with Ezra that was established in the world between worlds. He does, but I, I don't think that. I think that's <clears throat> something that we are totally not going to see it's gonna come from left field. That's well, my I, whole I agree with that wholeheartedly, and that was it, just something that like hit me. Like, right? Why can't this be Sidious, Palpatine, whatever the fuck you want to call Palpatine. him? Palpatine, you the know, Palpatine. fucking with Balin. That, because at this time, I do believe that he is still recovering, on, recovering. And had not yet reformed. And if he does, he's on Korriban. Yes. Which is also on the outer realm, I believe. Yes. In the unknown region. Correct. All right. So, cool. Or not Korriban, Exegol. Exegol. Yeah. With the, um, with his army or his. And his acolytes. Acolytes. Yes. Thank you. So. No, I like that. And it and I think I just gave myself a, a third theory to kind of ponder upon. Because it just like hit me like, dude, fucking It could be Sidious, yeah. Sidious could be pulling some strings here too. He, and that would make sense because he is stronger than the Night Sisters. But is he strong enough for his I don't think at this time he's strong enough go to a whole new galaxy. That right there is pushing the limit. I don't think he would be at that level right now. Because, I mean, you think about it. It was the third movie of the trilogy before we really get that final showdown. 
Yeah, and he's in that weird skeleton thing. Yeah, and he's still not a hundred percent himself. So he's not. He's not. So, all right, cool. No, I'm glad we got to um, kind of bounce some stuff off of us, and and it, again, I think it's going to be some some left field shit, or it's going to be a combination of two theories that he's going to string together and make work. I feel you on that one. It is what he does. I mean, it, all I, all I, all I, I keep begging for and keep wanting is for it to make fucking sense. If it doesn't make sense, then and, and you know how Filoni is, though. Nothing's really going to make sense until that final episode. Yeah, like Boba Fett made a lot of fucking sense. <sighs> Let's not talk about Boba Fett. I'm no, still I'm like still if there was that. ever a second season needed to self-correct no, something. No, 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 we let it. They did what they wanted to do with that. And Bubba Fett has effectively been neutralized as a Mandalorian, as any kind of awe-inspiring character or any of that stuff. He is gruel, a wet paste right now in this canon. So, I hate know, to think of it. I really do. But don't don't get me started on that. I, I will. Dude, I wasn't trying to. I literally just no. told you. I, I'm, I'm I'm getting myself started on that. I brought it up. So let let's let's proceed forward. <laughs> yeah. So they <laughs> land go back a little bit. They they land on Peridia. They land on Peridia. And and I think it was Balin that was like. Where's the admiral? We came here for the admiral. Where's the admiral? Yeah, and then you everything just starts to rumble and shake, and I forgot how just how big and malicious looking chimera the chimera was. I mean, this thing from top to bottom, front to back, was full up custom done for the grand admiral. Like this is his baby, right down to the giant chimera painted on it but you can also see the wear and tear that the chimera has well it's, it's missing engines it's missing a lot of shit and it's literally held and we'll we'll get into this i think here in a a few seconds but you can literally see that this thing was put together back together by night sister magic due to all the gold inlays you see in it and we're still going to get into that. I think I got it a, a few lines down where we talk about that. Yeah, I know it's an ancient Japanese thing they do where they make ugly stuff pretty again by inlaying it with gold. Gold. And I think that's cool as shit. I've, I got, I think I have a plate downstairs that was done that way. So, so like I just said, it was put together by Night Sister Magic, and not just the Chimera. But Thrawn's army is held together by Night Sister Magic. And I, I got I a feeling when it comes time to come in time and they start dying at the hands of Ahsoka, we're going to see that they are also mist. Night Sister Magic, Green Mist. I don't think all of them are, but I think a good bit of them are. I think of all of them. That may still be alive is probably Captain Enoch. Mm-hmm. 
and I'm really interested to see who Captain Enoch is going to end up being because it's got to be a recognizable person that we're going to recognize from Rebels canon. Does it? I mean... Who went with him that is recognizable? Well, at this point anyway... I don't remember how much crew was still on board the Chimera when the Purgles pulled it. There was a there was a considerable amount of crew that was there, but remember, there was it it was known entities. It was Ezra and Thrawn, and we've seen Ezra, so we know that's that's completely debunked. Correct. So, this ancient Japanese form of I put it in my notes. Called uh, Kintsugi or Kintsugi, and like I said, the Chimera, Thrawn's troops, his captain, everything is basically held together by the red thread and gold. Yep. One point to, to make: before Thrawn came, the Night Sisters took Sabine away. Yes. And they said, we smell a Jedi amongst you. We smell Jedi. Here's the thing. It couldn't have been Sabine because she's not a Jedi. Hold on. There's two, there's two theories here that, that I, that I've read and that I have, and they hold one. They, they were talking about the, the, well, the only thing that I think that they're talking about is the influence of Ahsoka on Sabine. Okay, that would make sense because they do later on sense a Jedi presence. Well, they not just a Jedi, but Ahsoka's. Well, her coming, you know. Yes. Her, you know them them getting there. Yeah, but um, and but that was later. Yes, but that was toward the end I, of that. I think, yeah, I think that what they were saying because they turned immediately to Sabine, and all of a sudden everybody in the internet's go. Oh, we knew it. She's a four. She's Jedi. No, it's shitting in one hand and wishing in the other. We both know which one of those hands is getting full first. Hell yeah! And that that's that's one of those things. You know, once again, she tried to while she was locked up, tried to do some force shit. Yeah, that shit was hilarious. And then the building starts fucking shaking, and she (laughs) turns and looks out the window, and all you can see is the shadow of the Chimera coming over. I'm like, oh, we're finally going to see it to see the Chimera. The Chimera is a work of art. It, it, dude, to say it's a work of art is is putting it lightly. Yeah. When you seen that thing in Rebels, and honestly, the wall, the original wall art that Sabine painted of them wasn't even is on board the Chimera. Yes. And a lot of other things from Lothal and other planets that he had conquered was on that planet. So, or on the Chimera. Like, he had his own art gallery in his office. The like Chimera the was is, a menace. The like Chimera is one of um, my two favorite uh, Star Destroyers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the other was uh, Booster Terrence Air Adventure, which he painted all red. Dude, that'd be so fucking, dude. 
<laughs> he bought he bought stole a star destroyer and painted the shit red and that was it he wasn't affiliated with the empire or nothing this is in the eu ladies and gentlemen but booster Tarek is one bag mug with his own star destroyer painted red more power to the dude man how many times did han solo still the millennium falcon Oh. <laughs> I mean, he won it to begin with, all right? But then he had to steal it back like another dozen times. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think maybe a half a dozen of those were from uh, Calrissian. Yeah. <laughs> so my next bullet statements that I have all have to do with Captain Enoch and the Great Mothers. And they're Greek and biblical references. Yes. Yes. So the great mother's names, Actropa, Clotho, and Lasis, pay homage to the ancient Greeks, Moire. I think Mm -hmm. is how you pronounce that. And the the Moire were three prophetic sisters serving as oracles of destiny and charged with ensuring fate was carried out as it should. Now, if that sounds familiar to you, and you have watched the movie 300, yep, that is where you heard it. And that is where we would know it from. Unless you follow Greek mythology. Uber nerd. I read it. Yeah, so what? But I thought it was really cool in 300 that we seen that. And also that we see it here again. So it also a good reference. I thought it was a cool, like kind of like callback is that since these are three elder night sisters, it only fitting that they wear the same robes as mother Talzin. Yes. Also, it'd be nice if we pointed out that night sisters are not force users. Correct. They have to absorb. Yes. They're basically the force from other individuals. That is where their power is derived from. And if you watched Rebels, you would have seen them trying to do this ceremony. Fuck, who is it? I can't even remember who they were trying to do it to. It wasn't Ezra. No, it wasn't Ezra. It was uh, went Canaan. It was somebody else. It was it was another force user. I do remember that, or somebody that they thought had the force. Right. But anyways, we've established now that yes, they use the dark side of the force, but they are not f- true force users. They have to absorb the force in order to perform their night sister magic. Correct. So, and also another cool callback to the Moire and to the Greek myths, and also the three hundred. We see this is the um, the threat of fate. Granted, yeah. it was modified a little differently in three hundred, <laughs> and we got a half naked chick with it. Yeah, but neither here nor there. Um. In the translated versions of this Greek mythology, they're referred to as the Fates. Mm -hmm. 
And even the names of the three night sisters here are derivatives from the three in Greek mythology. Yep. Now, my favorite callback is Captain Enoch and where he derives his name from. Yes, the Bible. From the Bible. And if you're a biblical person and a fan of the Old Testament that is full of doom and gloom, (laughs) which it is. I mean, that's basically the Old Testament Testament is like doom and gloom. Enoch was a loyal servant of God who was so devout that he was granted entry into heaven without having to die on earth. Correct. Meaning the aliens took him and they kept his fucking ass. I'm just fucking with you. But if you can see Rob right now, it, it was it was fucking worth that joke. Hey. Dude. You're laughing, so it it worked, all right? That joke hit. That joke hit. (laughs) So, but no, I I thought I did. I really enjoyed that callback and that reference. I, the moment I heard the name, I knew the name was familiar. And it wasn't until I went back and started doing my research that I was like, oh, damn. That's where I remember it from. Doom and gloom in the Bible. Ancient aliens. The words. But I think that's really cool though. And his mask and his helmet, his whole kit, his yeah. whole st- is like Yeah. Yeah. Dude. It's like a callback to samurais. It's like a callback to like Greek what uh, is, Yeah, the Greek um Gladiators. Gladiators, thank you. And I was just like, dude, I'm like, Filoni. Filoni's prop department is earning their fucking money, dude. Ah, He's stealing ideas from other shit. I don't give a shit. They're earning their fucking money, dude. (laughs) So here's another thing that that Captain Enoch's mask reminded me of. uh, Someone in the DFPN says uh, Spartans in the comment. But Oh, damn. Who we got? Uh, that's probably uh, Mac Kelvin. That's black. black. I'm pretty sure that's black. What up? But before anybody starts freaking out because I'm calling somebody black, (laughs) it is literally his nickname (laughs) B L A K K. (laughs) See, it is black. So, for my audience out there who will listen to this later in like a week or two on Spotify. I am referring to my homie, my brother of 20 plus years, Kelvin Caitley. <laughs> Not the white guy calling some dude, random dude. Oh, that's just black. We so, like that around here. All right, people. So if you want a real callback. What you got? At, I'm going 1980s Excalibur Mordred's Mask. Bro, you went way back, man. Morgan's mask, it wasn't a full one, but the cherubic face yes. that it had, that Captain Enoch's mask reminded me of that one. I have to go back. I know what you're talking about, 
but off the top of my head, because we're talking the 80s here, <laughs> I will have to go back and Google later. Okay. Watch. You're going to be like, okay. Red like, oh, he went full church on that shit, man. Bread like a king made us Kelvin Cately. Black Black Mac. Mac. All right. And also my brother from another mother of 20 plus years. Not only that, he is the proprietor. The the man around here of the DFPN. (laughs) I can't say, and, and to be fair, I can't say enough nice things about him. Cause he's that good of a fucking dude. Yeah, him, him and Willie, him and him Mac. and Willie both. Him the and Mac, Willie both. Yeah, Mac, aka your boy. <laughs> I love them both. They're both like brothers to me. Shots and out. Here's to them. I love y'all, man. Hell yeah! But that's that's who that that uh, Captain Enoch's mask put me in the mind of and I was like okay that is so fucking cool with that mask it, it, it was and it was like such a like the moment he turned it was like oh like total fucking mark moment you know if we can talk a little little wrestling lingo around here little, little <laughs> shout out to my, my fellas over at no gimmicks and uh it was a mark moment for me, dude, because it was so different and so unique. Hells yeah. I mean, I will say this. Did he have a gold stormtrooper in Rebels? Or am I thinking the other series? I, I don't remember whether or not he had a gold stormtrooper. Sons of the Harpy look to him. Yeah. 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 And it was yes. it was a mark moment, man. <laughs> I was like, like all these like possibilities and like wh- where I've seen other entities like this, Gladiator, all these things were like flooded into me. Like, oh, this is gonna be. It's got to be somebody different. It's got to be somebody unique. We'll see. Yeah. So my next bullet point is this entire episode. We get these very deep deep conversations between Shin and Balin the entire episode yep and um, he's talking about the cyclical nature of the battle and size of the force and their place with it not Jedi they're not Sith they're just kind of walking a line Right now they're acting as mercenaries, but he's—I mean, their their lightsaber colors kind of tell you, you know. But they're not full. They're not Sith because they're not red because they don't align with the Sith. Correct, but they also don't align with the Jedi, and they've kind of taken like Balin's like, I like this shit over here from the Sith. I like this shit over here from the Jedi, and he's kind of made it his own little pretty much he's saying i'm gonna do whatever gets me to what i need to do yes and so far he has done that he's where he wants to be 
currently. Mm -hmm. Now, Grand Admiral Thrawn just sees him as a throwaway. Grand Admiral Thrawn sees everyone as dispensable. Yes. To include uh, Elsbeth. Yes. So, I mean, he's just like, get me the fuck out of here. That's what you came to do. That was your purpose. Get me out of here. They're saying, what, three to four rotations to get off Peridia right now? For them to load everything that he's taking with him. Which and it's a I'm, lot. And I'm, I'm ready to find out what the fuck that is. So, I mean, that's a lot of what looks like coffins. Or Supplies. storage tanks. Correct. Bodies. Because, I mean, he is asking the Night Sisters for their magic one more time as they find out Ahsoka is en route. Right. So, but let, let's stay with what we're working with right here and we'll, we're going to circle back to that. Okay. So, these deep conversations between Shin and Balin. So, Shin does ask about Ezra and Balin calls him a Boken Jedi. Which are the Jedi. which are the Jedi who have been trained since the fall of the temple, the Jedi Temple in Coruscant. I don't think that it just refers to those after the fall, but those who were trained out in the wilderness, not in the temple. Correct. So I believe it's an older it the way that it, he makes it sound like is it's a known term. That you know the Jedi have used for these guys who are trained outside of the temple, but the way he said it made it as an insult. Oh yes, it, well he uh, he said it best, you know, and Shin kind of got like a little little hurt feelings about it because he said, you know, uh, any who are not trained at the temple, he he believed that that was a mark of distinction between him. And what he is and what Ezra is. But yeah. I think what also what it could be referring to is that he was trained by Kanan. And Kanan was not trained in the temple either. Well, he was momentarily, but he didn't he was still a youngling. No, Kanan wasn't a youngling, he was a Padawan. Padawan, yeah, Padawan. When we don't know how many years he was a Padawan, I, I would say probably one or two. But remember, one to two years as a Padawan, you were still a, a captain or a general in the fucking uh, Clone yeah. Wars. I mean, so, Anakin was a 19-year-old general fighting full-on in the Clone Wars. And Ahsoka was 14, 14 and considered a general, a captain, you know. She did but, make general toward the end of the Clone Wars, though. Correct. When she was like 15 or so. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, is I, I, I think it was, it's more of his looking down on those that are not trained with established Jedi within the temple yes. uh, procedures. And that's why he tells Shin that she is something better and greater yeah. than that. But she goes, I'm Boken too. And he says, no, he says, he, he, no, you're not. You're different. I trained you for a different purpose. See, and this is where we start getting into what is her purpose 
why is she his padawan because let's face it she's his padawan she has a she has the knot she has the braid and also let, let's we i know when we do these easter eggs we kind of just go through the easter eggs as they appear in order but let's just so they have released sabine balin has fulfilled his promise to her right go to israel and Thrawn's like, hey, here's our last known intel on Ezra. He and she leaves on a on a howler. So let's point out that the howler is not originally a part of the he's not an original idea. He was actually introduced in Legends in the Jedi Knights games. Yep. Only he was more reptilian. They've kind of made him look more like a rat horse in, in Ahsoka. He's native to Yavin 4, I believe is the name of it. Give me just a second. <laughs> I'm telling you, this Monday is fucking caught up to me all of a sudden. There we go. And um, so she's on her howler. Her, her howler is actually kind of a, a pussy. No offense to anybody out there, but he's a wuss. He leaves yeah. her ass well, he's, when he's, the fight yeah. starts. Yeah. Like she's attacked by um, mercenaries out in the wild of Peridia. Which is another point. There are actual other life forms yes. on this planet. Yes. We don't know whether or not they're human. So I did say that we would discuss north. some of these. So we got the Howler, which, of course, like I said, was not original to this particular planet. They've been... They're from another planet. And we Who don't knows? know if they're they native to yeah to this planet. Like they have them. Like this is just what they look like in Peridia. But we do know that Captain Enoch speaks the language. Yeah. Because he was teaching Sabine how to speak to the animal. Yeah. But when Sabine is attacked and her her radio gets busted and she murks everybody, of course. She got her ass handed to her a little for a little bit, but then she was like, "What am I doing? I'm a Mandalorian," and kind of upped her game. And well, she was she was using her armor to block all sorts of shit because they were capping the hell out of her. Yeah, she, she was getting lit. Attacked. She was getting lit up. And then and then she was like, "Uh, forget these guns. Let me draw my lightsaber." And then it went a whole different way. Yes. So she is kind of. Using her training to some degree. Now, hold on. I got to point this out. What is she missing? Her helmet still. Her helmet is still on the fulcrum. Yes. But she just lost her one means to communicate to her helmet that is located on the fulcrum. When she lost her radio. No, she didn't lose her radio. She lost the tracking beacon. The tracking beacon. That's right. So... I'm going to make a point here, and I know that there are a lot of people that are going to disagree with this, and they're going to say whatever, but Ahsoka left her helmet back in the other galaxy. She sat it there and left it. That is one thing. Now, I'm Mando ID. I'm Mandalorian to my heart. 
Amanda, who has inherited, what did she say? Her armor was 500 years, 1,000 years? No, it's like five, was it 5,000 or 500? Stupid. I know it belonged to another member of her family. But somebody who has inherited their armor, like they say, the Mandos, one of their creeds is, my armor is my life. Yep. And she left her helmet. That chick ain't no Mandalorian no more. Yeah. She has she has cast away one of the most distinctive parts of what it is to be a Mandalorian. Her armor, her best scar, best scar is incomplete. She gave, uh, she tossed it. She left her fucking helmet. Yeah. Unless that bucket is destroyed. Um, it, you don't see any Mandalorian do that ever. And now, without people, washing in the uh, the waters under Mandalore. Well, don't get me started on that stupid shit, dude. I had to throw that in there. Yeah, I know you. Oh, you know I do. That you know I like to poke holes. That was the that was Thelonious's way of getting out of saying some stupid shit. To further discredit Bubba Fett and Jango Fett, but it, it's like, uh, shit. you guys want to see a dead body? <laughs> <laughs> you said they're poking it with a stick. Oh, I think that's just a drunk guy passed out. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm telling you, in the fact that in some some asshat I was arguing with online with was like. Well, there's your problem right there. You're yeah. arguing with the ass hat online. They, they, they were, they were saying, well, she was probably made or couldn't take her helmet, but they let her take her she guns. Left it on purpose. They, they let her take her guns. Her guns. Her guns. She left the, it on the, the armaments purpose. that she has in her vambrances and everything else. Man, fuck that. She left it on purpose. She has a plan. And I'm telling you, she's going to communicate through her helmet to Ahsoka. I don't give a flying rat's monkey's ass. You don't give a damn. But I'm predicting the fucking future right now. (laughs) All right? I'm reading this like a fucking book in front of me right now. That's what's going to happen. And you know what? I'm still going to say... That was some coup d'etat bullshit. Hey, take it up with Dave Filoni. Oh, I would. Right? I would love for him to come. I, on I, I know you would. Oh, no. so Dave Filoni, if you're listening, and you would love to come on to the USDN. Yes, Filoni. We would like to man. respectfully have a conversation with you. Respectfully. And if I have to mute Rob, we will mute Rob. There you go, Filoni. There's your. You have an open invite to the USDN. <laughs> and we'll make yes. sure Rob is on his best behavior. Can't guarantee yeah. it, but we can try. I do like, have the ability to mute and to kick him off. I'd like to give him if he a gets too far out of hand. I'd like to give him a Kaldobi kiss. But so Thrawn sends Shin. <laughs> And uh, Balin, after yes. Sabine to, rep, to to basically close out loose ends of both her 
and, and Ezra, and. who Thrawn probably has a fucking death wish for at this point. <laughs> like, I know Thrawn wants to kill this dude, like, wholeheartedly. Hell yeah. Like, <laughs> this guy, this kid at the time, and I mean kid, he was a young teenager. Yeah. Literally sucked him out into the nether regions, not just a galaxy far, far away, but a galaxy far, far, far away. <laughs> and, and stranded on both there with no fucks whatsoever. Yes. Like, he was just like, hey, I'm going to miss my family, but maybe they'll find me someday. I wonder how Ezra got the fuck away. So he Ezra, at one point, he was riding the well at one point when they were leaving, like before they hit hyperspace, he was yeah. right in the well. So my question is, did he go into the well? If so, how the fuck did he breathe? Let's not talk about realistic and matters of, you know, hey, in a galaxy far, far away, everything is fucking possible. All right. Yeah. Yeah. We've already seen that, you know, uh, Leia can survive in the vacuum of space for a little bit of time. So and it was pretty cool. It was like a force sequence where she created a force bubble oh. basically around herself. Yeah. So that was... To me, that was probably one of the coolest things from that, that series was that one scene where you see her get hit and sucked out and then her use the force, I guess, to basically pull herself back in. And she never fully recovered. And she didn't. She, I mean, we see her later walking with a cane. She's just not herself. She never fully recovered. That, but that was Ezra, a- I don't know if it's because he was younger when this happened. I mean, we're talking like about 10 years has passed. So he's in his early 20s. No, what, now? No, yeah. he's probably in his late twenties. Would it be his late twenties? Because he was yeah. a teenager when this happened. He was a teenager, so he's going to be. He wasn't. Ten years like, has passed. Yeah, so he's in his mid to late twenties, I guess. He's a, he's right around about twenty seven, twenty eight ish. Yeah, I guess that would make sense because we got four seasons out of Rebels. Remember him and Luke. How how they're not too far off in age. Him, Luke, and Leah. I believe Luke and Leah are older than him by a couple months to a year. And when they left, it was one year before the Battle of Yavin. So it would have been around about 17, 18. Okay. So that holds about true. No, that would make sense then. Okay, we'll roll with that. Because I know Sabine should be about the same age then. Yeah. Or older. She should be a little bit older. Who knows? All I know is that Ezra looks like Jesus. (laughs) He doesn't look a thing like Jesus. But he talks like a gentleman. I'm sorry. Anyways, so, you know, Shin... And Balin, they come across the battle, of course. Fast forward, we have 
basically the howler is following Sabine as she's walking. They come to some water and the howler is basically losing his shit over these turtle rocks. <laughs> I don't know what else to call them. They're fucking rocks. <laughs> yes, we yes. Were really he was really before. singing the fucking killers. Man, I love that song in that video. Dude, I love that. Dude, I have the greatest hit somewhere of the killers. Not going to lie. And oh, by the way, I seen him in concert and it was a fantastic concert as well. Oh, I believe it, bro. <laughs> but uh, neither now, here nor there. We're talking about turtle rocks. Now, before that, he kept coming back and Ahsoka kept going. Uh, not Ahsoka, Sabine. Sabine was like, you go away. You oh. fucking left me in battle, dude. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and he's still singing it down here. Oh, hell yeah. It's stuck in your head. It's, it's, it, dude, I'll be singing it all later. But well, um, I, I swear to God, y'all, I'm going to annoy my wife. I'm going to be like, she's probably going to put it on Facebook because sometime during the night I'm going to be like, do 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 I would be disappointed if you didn't. <laughs> But so this howler is like a dog, man. I, oh, yeah. I, I, I ain't gonna lie to nobody. That that scene, like it made like because you're kind of like, man, it's just kind of like whatever, man. You know, I'm like, but this howler is like all up in her shit. Like, hey, I'm sorry, I won't leave again. I swear. But I they mean, were I shooting, you were man. Real Lando, so you yeah, they were fucking shooting and shit. I don't know what to do, man. They're fucking shooting. I don't got a gun, you know. I just fucking ran. You're like Mendo Zero. But, you know, and, like, it's fucking adorable. I'm not going to lie. To be such an ugly fucking creature. It is. And he he become very protective. Because, you know, they get down to the, what looks like a riverside or a stream or whatever. Right. And he starts acting weird. And all of a sudden, out pops this fucking turtle rock. I don't know what the... F- they didn't give these things a name. So I'm just calling them a fucking turtle rock for now. They look like little fucking Koopas from Mario. <laughs> they do. They do. <laughs> are, is, is Koopas the turtles? Yeah. Yeah, Probably so... One of my, my favorite little Star Wars creatures of nowadays or what? Oh, no. Frick was kind of cool. Frick was cool. all right. I like these guys better. Oh no, they're not an engineer like Frick though. Yeah, yeah, I have that spoken. is true. That is true. That but is it, true. But she notices, like, after like fucking five minutes of dialogue of them just trying to talk, trying to talk, and um, she notices that he is wearing the the rebel medallion. Yep. And, uh, you know, they finally was like, oh, you, you know, my friend, Ezra, Ezra. And finally, the, she, he's like, just follow me and shut the fuck up. Well, he had to talk to the rest of them and they had to. Yeah, decide. they all like little, little Koopas start popping up. They had to decide whether or not they were going to take her. Yeah. And then she had to slap the shit off the howler. And yeah, it, it was a good time. I swear you, you would have had to been there. <laughs> But, you know, that whole scene was, it was, it was adorable. We got this cool little cute creature that looks like a fucking Koopa. And they're going to be Koopas until I decide otherwise. There we go. 
I'm with you on it. And um, so they walk Sabine basically to their village. And keep in mind that Shin and Balin are on her tail. They're basically letting her get ahead so they can continue to track her and eventually put it into her and Ez- Ezra. Yep. And then we see the other mercenary group come over the top of the mountain and they're just kind of staring at, you know, Balin and, and Shin and they're just kind of like staring at each other. Yeah. And Shin's like, fuck it, let's go. You know? Because <laughs> like, like, hey, there's like five dead ones here. I'm like, they're probably going to fucking come for us next. And Balin's like, yeah, maybe the friend of our friend is, friend a, is our, you know, enemy or whatever. Enemy, you know, enemy of our enemy is a friend. It's our friend, yeah. yeah. However that shit goes. Heard it in Blade once. <laughs> and that's the only time it ever other made sense. Yeah. But, um, you know, they, that's basically the end. Last time we see Shin and Balin in the episode, though. I'm pretty sure what's going to happen is Balin <clears throat> is going to go over there and pretty much either, you know, intimidate the shit out of them into telling them more about where, you know, Ezra is, this is, and this is, and what's going on out there. Yeah. And he's looking for this entity still. This power, not an entity. We don't know. Yeah, we don't know if it's an entity yet. It's it's a something's calling. We'll just leave it at that. Yeah, Until next week. Until next Monday. <laughs> <laughs> but we finally, finally, did I mention finally get the fucking reunion of Ezra and Sabine? Yeah. And it and it kind of was. You get that special moment, you know, that is that Star Wars does so well with the hug. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's something special about a hug in the Star Wars universe for some reason. Every time you see a hug in Star Wars, by damn, you want to you, you feel that warm, loving you, embrace. You want to be there with them. You do. You, you, you just want to be like... Bring it in, guys. You there know, we are. Can I it's get like a few years ago? I got to go hang out in Dallas, Texas with Kelvin, and it was like we picked up where we were 20 years ago. Big hug, got to see the nephew, and it, it was fantastic. Yeah, and, and it was one of those special Star Wars hugs, dude. Yes, you know. And I don't know what to say, but we get that special Star Wars hug moment, which I think has to happen in at least every episode or every series or movie. You get at least one of those. So anyways, we get that. And then he's like, oh, I knew you would come to rescue me. And she's just like, yeah, yeah, let's have this moment. And then, you know, (laughs) we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of sold out my friends and here I am, you know, but you know, Ezra has managed to sort of survive here for a decade, decade plus. Right. Star Wars hug in Philly. You damn right, bro. As long as tickets come down. But then again, we may just go up there for the hell of it for that weekend. Even if we can't get tickets to Philly. (laughs) I'm down either way, dude. I don't care. That's a short drive. That's up the road. 
Let me know. <laughs> we doing this. We go hang out with Dave LaGreca and bust it open. But um, he's managed to survive here with these creatures that he can now speak to. He's learned their language. He's learned their language. It, it, that's kind of Ezra's character, though. He's always had this ability to connect with creatures and animals, both in Lothal and basically anywhere he's ever been. Yeah. So for the Bindu, the Bindu was kind of an asshole. No, the Bindu is not an asshole. The Bindu is the Bindu. The Bindu told Caden to fucking kill him. So? I'm just saying. But then again, at the time, he was hanging out with Darth Maul and trying to figure out a way to fuse Jedi and Sith Holocon. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, he had a, yeah, he maybe he went too far off to kill him. But anyways, they didn't. They, they fixed their issues. Yeah. They became a family once again. Neither here nor there, and totally irrelevant to what we're talking about. Yes, kind of. (laughs) I mean, it is relevant, but it's not relative. Either way, so he's been out there for the ten years. He's learned to speak the Koopa language, and he we've learned that he's managed to survive that long with Thrawn looking for him because they duck and dodge and move. And They're never in one place more than a day. Yep. So basically, they set up camp at night, gone the next day. And as far as we know, Thrawn doesn't have planes or anything. All he has are these howlers. Actually, we haven't he, we haven't he, seen nothing yet. No, but they. Uh, you remember uh, what's the name? Elizabeth was like, uh, "Listen to you know a regiment of flight out," and he says, "No." We'll do it this way and save our reserves. That's that could true. Be, that can be for two, you know, two reasons. Either they're um, well, they're safe because they now know that Ahsoka survived the fall. Well, I, I'm not even worried about that. What I'm because technically they don't know about the fall. Well, they do because before Balin oh. and Shin left, they it was mentioned that I watched her die. Oh, the uh, I, I was thinking the fall of the Empire. Correct. I'm think I'm talking about a Soka falling about off a fucking the cliff. Fall of the jet, uh, yeah, yeah. So with the um, the the whole of it, I think is that I lost my train of thought. Let's keep moving. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh shit. What's up? Oh no, nothing. I was I accidentally clicked something on my side and something disappeared and I managed to get it back before I okay. lost it. But um but so yeah. With the with the uh the X-Wing fighters, I think that it's either he doesn't have the he truly doesn't have the manpower and he's trying to disguise how weak he is. And yes. ooh, the ships are not as he doesn't have as many of the ships as he as he well needs. when he when the Chimera dots we see that there are tons of there's like a full regiments yeah. of these Tie Fighters but but one either the dead guys can't fly them or I'm thinking that's what's in those cases is his dead pilots either that or it is. 
that he has all these uh, Tie Fighters, but they're not. The maintenance hasn't been, uh, you know. Up yeah, well, I mean, he hasn't been able to do any maintenance. Right. I don't see any droids there, any maintenance droids or anything like that. He so has I mean, a lot of limited resources. Well, yeah, I mean, he's in, he is in the galaxy, fucking far, far, far away in Peridia here. Yeah. So, and you know, I, we the end of this episode rolls to Thrawn asking the Night Sisters, I, "I need your magic one more time," basically, but we don't get an answer as to what that is for. Yeah. And that's where we're, I think I think we'll pick up t- tomorrow's episode probably with Ezra and Sabine, mm-hmm. and Balin talking to these other mercenaries on Peridia, and basically some more of Thrawn doing what Thrawn does, and that's walk around and be menacing as fuck. <laughs> and dude, I- I'm telling you, I don't know what I'm telling you. Mickelson had to go back and watch Rebels. In order to get his his mannerisms, his gait, like it's one of those where you could pull him up side by side, and he nails the mannerisms, like to a T. Well, because the mannerisms was based on him as he was voicing the character. <clears throat> I know, but but to be able to get that walk down, and then like the subtleties of how he keeps his hands, the mindset. The mindset. I mean, I do know that he is Thrawn. I mean, I think that's a given at this point. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know, Mickelson is the voice actor for Thrawn. Yes. Just like a lot of the characters we see right now on the screen, some of them played the same characters in Rebels. Mm-hmm. Minus Ahsoka and Ezra. But even um, the governor, Azadi, yeah. is played by the guy who voices Clancy him. Brown. Yep, Clancy. God, I love that guy. He's so good in everything he does. Hells yeah, the Kurgan. Yeah, yes. Yes. Like, he's one of those... Fuck. Uh, iconic. Iconic. I mean, he's up there with Sigourney Weaver in Aliens. You know what I'm saying? Like th- just those characters where you you say the name and you know immediately where to go. He was also in uh, Buckaroo Bunzai across the ninth dimension. Dude, <laughs> yes, yes, I had to mention that. <laughs> and what funny story is, I just watched that. Th- I said long ago. Oh, I watch it all the time. <laughs> and it was one of those where I had to dig deep into the interwebs to find a site that had it up to play. There we go. And I found it and I was like, bookmark, hope this doesn't go away. Cause I'm coming <laughs> back to watch it again. <laughs> Hell yeah. But I th- any, any, any closing thoughts, opinions uh, before we, we close out this opinions. section. Closing thoughts. Balonius, Dave, you're 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 on the clock. Bring this home and make it make sense. Please, 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 dude, give me a reason to sit up here and say, "Hey, last episode you were singing the praises of Mister Feloni." I was not singing the praises of yeah, him. Yeah, you were. 
I said were, that, I said the episode was good. He did what he was supposed to You were to like, do. Dave, you fucking got it right, bud. I was there, man. I didn't call him bud. Dude, I can pull it back up. You want to see? <laughs> did you I say to put the red flag on the play? Did I say bud? Dude, we can put the red flag on the play. Oh, God. You probably didn't say bud, but that's beside the point. I'm, I'm putting words in it, too. See, I got to church it up a little bit. This is fucking me. entertainment. It's what we do. We church shit up. Listen, Dave, don't fuck it up. Make it make sense. Make people look at me and make me have to say nice things about you. Dave, I will put it like this. I have an open door policy here for guys like you to come and bear your souls to the people. Because here at USDN, we are of the people, for the people, and by the people. And you're one of the people, Dave. You keep us entertained. So there is an open door with your name on it to come sit on your couch if you want to. I mean, you're Dave Floney, sit wherever the fuck you want. (laughs) And let us holler at you. Let us get at you with some questions. Will you hear my call? Probably not. But if you do, my door is open. <laughs> so, what do you think we get next episode before we episode, roll out? Next episode, uh, at the very least, we're going to get a fight between Balin Skull, Shin Haiti, and Ezra, and Sabine. Which is going to be pretty one-sided because... Ezra does not have a lightsaber. That is correct. His lightsaber has been modified. Unless, of course, he created one out there. How would he power it? He has no kyber crystal. How do we... Listen, with the amount of shit that Dave Filoni just piles into this one fucking planet, I'm pretty sure there's a fucking kyber crystal or some other power source there. I mean, if there is a Jedi temple out there, who knows? He could be... Find one there. Just like the younglings, they go to the ice mountain. They do their trials inside the ice mountain to get their kyber crystal. In a known established place. Potatoes, I'm potatoes. Hating. I'm just potatoes, hating. potatoes. I know you are. But like I said, he could he could have built his own goddamn lightsaber out there. And, and what, what he's been doing for the last decade. I don't think he's just been sitting on his morals while there. I mean, I still think he senses evil within the force. Yeah. Troubles within the force. I don't, you know, I do think that he's. And not only that, I, he, he, he never shied away from the darker side of the force. We've seen that in Rebels. Here's, here's something that I'm also waiting to see because the initials. Thrawn. <laughs> Theron did say to uh, uh, what's her name? Hell, once uh, Balin and um, Shin take care of uh, Ezra and Sabine, we'll send a, a regiment out to take care of them. Yes, tie it all up. Which I I, I do have a feeling like these last two episodes are not going to go the way we quite think they are. Whether Balin falls to Ezra and Shin sees the error of her, his ways, or maybe she just doesn't like being spoken to, like she's a fucking, you know, third grade Jedi. Don't know. Only only Dave Filoni knows, 
and we're two episodes away from really knowing ourselves. Correct. So with that said, I want to thank everybody for tuning in yes. to this episode. Yes. Uh, Black, I appreciate you stopping in and hollering yeah, at us. Fun. It's always good to get somebody to stop by and, and interact with us, whether it's on Patreon or on our normal Facebook show. Some upcoming shows for y'all to October. We will have our second to last episode with episode seven. And then we'll wrap everything up October the 11th. I don't know quite know how we're going to do that one yet. If I'm going to do one big wrap party to cover all eight episodes, or if I just go, hey, we're just going to cover episode eight and call it good. I don't know. I don't quite know. I need to sit down with everybody else and figure that one out. But I do know next week for Shizzle, it's going to be me and Rob right back here. Yes, Possibly sir. at the same time. We It's kind of a week-by-week week basis, but sometime between 7.30 and 8 o'clock. Um, with that being said, though, a very special thank you to DFPN and allowing us at USDN to use the platform and be given a platform to share with you our content. And yeah, if you like what you're hearing, please, you know, go over to Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcast from, hit that like subscribe and share button. Uh, leave us a review. All that means a lot to us. Um, and with that, this episode is USDN approved. Yes, yes.